If you could throw up the first slide, I, this is not a huge long presentation, but it's always good to put something visual in place, I know that, which is why also we've handed you this this morning. This is some of the diagrams that I've been, I could call it sketching, but that's probably really a better term than it deserves. I've been hacking my way through drawing these on the whiteboard the past couple of months. Um, Michaela helped make them pretty, so now you can actually probably see them and take them home. These elements represent what we feel church always has been. When New Hope has been at its best, these are the things that we've seen, and it's really part of our vision for what we want to see most moving forward. So as we kind of head into more description, let me just tell you what you've got in your hand, and then I'll leave it at that. You can take it home and read it more. But church is not going to a place. What is church? It's not a building. You don't show up to church. You are the church, but no one person is the church. It's you plus your people. Church is body. So we together make the church, right? But if you and your people just get together and it's just all about you and your people, that's called a clique. That's not called church. It's you and your people on Christ's mission. So you put those three things together, it gets really powerful. We don't get burnt out on our own. We've got our people and we're not just Christian clubbing it. We are missional, making a difference in the world the exact way that Jesus did. So that's the first diagram. The second one is we're called to be missionaries. Kind of like the bottom there says we are not the mission. We are the missionaries. You know, church is not just for us to learn more and get smarter and be happier and worship and sing. Like, we are to like, be collectively empowered and equipped to go and do. We are the missionaries. And so that's what the second diagram represents, the overlap between God and the world. You as a Christian, when you stand out there in the world, in the workplace, you're going to hear people say things. You're going to see things. You're going to be like, what does God have to say about that? You may look at something and be like, God loves that. This person doesn't even believe in God, but they're doing something God loves. And you may look at something else and be like, they're really well-intentioned, but man, I don't think that pleases God at all. You're in a unique position. Stand in the world, but see the world through God's eyes. So we live in that overlap. We, we want to recognize that overlap. That's our purpose. Uh, we also talked about faith and being a synonym with experiment. We live by faith. We don't know how it's going to go, so we step out. It starts with our desire for God and the leading of the Spirit. Whatever opportunities he gives us, we see the fruit and the results. It's based in love. And then the two different types of church. You're the church everywhere. I'm the church everywhere. part of the church. But when we gather together, we're here for purpose, to learn, equip, and grow, worship. Uh, but then when we're scattered, it's also for purpose. We go to work. We go to school drop-offs. We do those things that has purpose. You're not away from church in those moments. You're the church out in the world, hopefully active on Christ's behalf. So I won't go through this back part because this is exactly a diagram that we have here coming up in just a second. But um, there's a little timeline there of our history of our church and kind of what has brought us up to this point. So Danny, do you mind if I switch over to this mic so I don't have to stay behind this one? I like to pace. You probably know that about me. All right, so... If I were going to describe really quickly what these missional communities are to look like, I want us to think about first what's a small group that we've had many times in the past. That'll be a bunch of Christians coming together to study a Bible verse, to study a book of the Bible, to watch a DVD, to learn. So small groups in our concept have always been Christians coming together to learn. That can ultimately become sort of like the clique that I was talking about, where we're together with our people learning our stuff. Where's the reach into the world? Where's the change of other people's lives to join us? If it's just Christians with Christians talking about Christian stuff, Jesus was Christ in the world with people who didn't believe, speaking to them. And so this year, we're not going to be starting up a series of small groups through this school year, you know, September to June. 
whatever that year looks like there, um, we will not be starting up specific Bible studies. We're going to be asking that as we gather together, we have groups of friends get together. It may be the same groups of friends you've gotten together in the past. It may be new collections of people. We're going to leave that up to the Holy Spirit uh, to prompt us how those come together. But to get everybody around the table and just say, who are we as missionaries? What has God given us a heart for? Who are the people around us that might be in need? How could we encourage each other by reading the Bible and by praying? But what's our mission? So there's a philosophical change with our groups this year that we hope to grow from. We're not starting the year with all the answers. This is part of our experiment, and that's part of the transition that you'll see this year. I would love to have everybody in some small group of people, a community of people, on mission this year to see what God can use them to make a difference in the world. As far as over the whole church, we have certain ministries such as Sunday school or preaching or even music where it's ministering to the whole collection of all of our groups. Um, and in the past, we've typically had ministry leaders who may say, all right, Elia, would you lead, or if the God's putting on your heart, lead freedom in Christ as a ministry for everyone. All right, uh, Devin, would you lead music for everyone? All right, Dave, would you lead teaching for everyone? And I think over time we're recognizing what that's doing is it's separating leaders as if leaders are not members and people and peers. It's putting too much onus on a few and not enough on all of us for our collective responsibility. Uh, but it's also keeping others from using their gifts. And so we're hoping to kind of free up more and more of us through this year to serve not just as ministry leaders, but in ministry teams. So there's a meeting after church today, facilities. Instead of saying, Pearl, what's going to happen this year in the building? She's invited those people that have always helped serve around the building. Let's sit around the table and say, what would God have us do this year together? Pearl leading, facilitating in that way, but not just having the boss of the church and the boss of the money and the boss of the teaching and the boss of the then telling everybody what to do. We're not looking for We're looking for the body this year, not the boss. And I'm excited about the way that might really inspire all of us to use our gifts. That's what we want, not just to follow someone who's using their gifts. So ministry teams, you'll hear about this. There'll be the facilities team, the music team, the finance team, and you'll be invited if you'd like to join any of those teams. If you have gifts and finance, we'd like to be a part of the voice in that this year. If you have hands and you like to serve, talk to Pearl, be a part of that team. Whatever it may be, please consider your own role as well. And invitational services, we don't want to be the kind of church body that just says, oh, I met a friend, come on Sunday. And if they don't come on Sunday, we have nothing else to offer them. There's many people in our lives we've invited to church 10,000 times on a Sunday morning, and they've never come. So are they lost causes? Do we have nothing else we can offer them? We've found through things like Serve Home, we've found through things like serving over at L Street Homeless Mission, we've found through things like helping out with foster care over this last year, the minute that we step out of our little comfort zone and minister to people, all those conversations open up. All those relationships just dive deeper. It all happens. It's just probably not going to start here on a Sunday morning. People can come here, and we hope that many will, but we need to be out. So incarnational means in the flesh. It's what the Bible says Jesus was. He was God. He went out among the people in the flesh to serve. And through that, then all the spiritual conversations came. So we're looking for that to be part of our transition. Sunday mornings aren't going away as a place to grow, but let's not look at it as like the goal. Got to get people to church. Got to get people to Sunday. Nope, we got to get you to people. And then God will take it from there. And whether someone shows up here on a Sunday or whether you're just in their lives talking about faith, it's a win. All right, the next one. 
Um, this is on the back of the handout, so I won't spend a terribly long amount of time. But for those that don't know, we were started in 87. We were in a living room here in Easton. Our church did not start out as a pretty little white chapel. It started out as a bunch of people in someone's house. And in a way, with our missional communities, we're kind of hoping to get back to the home a little bit. <laughs> That's kind of a little bit of our DNA that over the 30 years of the life of the church has become more maybe chapel-centric versus home-centric. I think we want to reclaim a little bit of that special thing that made New Hope and still continues to make New Hope special. We want to focus on it and encourage it. So Pastor Art was part of founding the chapel, but he'll be the first to tell you it wasn't just him alone. There was a team of people that God brought together. could never have happened with one person alone. And for, you know, the next 18 years of his ministry, the church grew, we had discipleship programs, the building was built, this land was bought, it was expanded upon. Yes, actually, this church was smaller at one point. It was half the size. I'll let you consider that. Um, but it just, God just grew, and at the same time, was actually training me, and I didn't realize. I never expected to be a pastor myself, but during those years, I was growing up in church. I was involved in leading. This church has always been provided such an amazing place for me to grow in my gifts, to learn about the Lord, to be in a place that loved me. This is a super special church, and that's part of what we're hoping for this season, too, that each one of us will have that ability to let this be a place where we grow. So in 2007, that's when I became pastor, that's when I was ordained, when God called me. The first things we did is we started small groups, home groups, to learn, and connect, transform, equip, and multiply. Those were our core goals. We've really been working off of those now for the last 12 years. But in 2012, I preached through Jesus' life, ministry, everything, all the Gospels, took about five years to go through, and that really changed me a little bit. I hope it changed you. I know some people have said the same, but after that, it began to be like, well, Jesus spent like three to five years with his disciples, and then when they finished that, he's like, go and change the world. It kind of felt anticlimactic to spend five years studying Jesus and be like, now let's do exactly the same thing. Like, what's next? So then we studied the book of Acts. We went straight into Acts from Luke. We went from there into the book of uh, Corinthians. What about the Spirit? We studied gifts. We studied all these things. And then God, through Michaela and the youth group, brought us on a mission trip. And then the next thing we know, there's a serve home local trip. We're like, we're doing this. This is happening. Something's growing here. We're living more and more like Jesus. And every time we do, it's so, 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 so good. So 2018, there were 40 people, about two churches, Came back from that summer and just felt like this is a glaring contrast. That summer experience was people, kids, adults, just all alive for Christ. And now we're coming back to the fall and we're like settling back down into a Sunday morning where we kind of like cross our legs and fold our hands and sit. Where is the fruit? Where is the life? I want more of that. And so I haven't been able to like sleep since then contrasting what it looked like for us to be on mission versus what it looks like for us to sit on a Sunday morning. There's just a two different, and that God has been just putting as a burr under my saddle, and many of us here have felt the exact same way. We're talking about it more and more. So in 2019, the leaders and I, all the different ministry leaders, which will hopefully be ministry teams, said, okay, let's take a year and let's just experiment. And I don't think there's any doubt that our time with the homeless ministry changed us and changed them. I don't think there's any doubt that our time with foster care changed them and changed us. I don't think there's any doubt that the conference that we hosted here about dealing with children in traumatic situations changed the people that came both from the community and from, like, the things that have happened in that year are undeniable. And so I see God just continuing. There's just, like, momentum and progression. I, I want in the sermon later on to open with scripture, but also to tell more of the things that have happened during that year. But 
serve home again this summer. This time it was 100 people in 12 churches. Like, what? Oh, but wait, that's exactly what it looked like in the book of Acts. It's exponential. It's multiply. It's not addition. It's exact. So, okay, God, you're doing something here. And that brings us to now. Let's live on mission. Let's not just wait for next summer. Have, 52 one, have 51 weeks out of the year be like business as usual. And then one really exciting time where we live missionally for God. Ah, nah, I can't. I can't. We can't. So we don't exactly know how all these groups will form or how they'll shape. I think they'll be unique and different. But I encourage you to join us figuring out this year what those little pockets of family and mission can look like. That takes us to today. All right, so the next slide. Remember all these things from the last year, Preaching Through Jesus? There's a book, Canoeing the Mountains. I'll refer back to that. Remember we did the DVD on missional essentials? That's several years ago now. Imagine churches a few years ago. Do you remember the dangers of a single story talking about our view of the world and not wanting to just see it our way, but recognize Soma Church, Life on the Front Lines. There were a group of us that went through the Center Church book. Now, that's a couple of years ago already, but all it was was asking, how is your church in this world? If that isn't preparation for where we are now, I don't know, but we didn't know it at the time. We're just like, hey, Timothy Keller, great book. Let's read that. But it's all preparation. Remember reading through the book of Nehemiah, preaching through that and being stirred? Our walls are broken down, church. Let's rebuild those walls. Francis Chan, most recently, really speaking to the condition of the church in the evangelical American situation where it is. This is just some of the drops in the bucket, but these are all the things that as soon as we said, okay, God, start talking to us, flooding us with things to give us momentum and direction. All right, next one, and then just one quick closing slide. We'll dismiss the kids for Sunday school, and uh, we'll, open the, we'll pray, and then we'll open the Word of God together. Really succinctly, what's a missional community? Maybe 10 to 20? Can it be eight? Absolutely. Could it be 25? Yup. But somewhere in there, it's not a group of two, and it's not a group of 50. I can tell you that. It's got to be people who can meet in homes. It's all ages. It's me and my kids and another family, another family and their kids and our neighbor around a table. Uh, it's not a group that meets once a month. It doesn't have to be a group that meets six times a month. But I think you're going to need to meet regularly. So at least twice, at least three times, it's people committed to each other. It's in homes. It's not in this building has a mission focus. We've got food and faith. These are the ingredients. I was talking with someone yesterday. We were having a conversation about this, and it felt like if these are the ingredients, just throw these things into your, your cake, whatever you're making. If you want to make cupcakes, great. If you want to make a cake out of it, you want to make muffins, if you want to make brownies, whatever. these are the ingredients that are going to make a beautiful community. It can look like anything, but it has to have these ingredients. You have to have prayer and scripture, opportunity for everybody to develop their gifts, not just pastors or ministry leaders or missionaries to Africa, every one of us. And ultimately, it's like the book of Acts. We're trying to disciple one another. That's what discipleship is, learning to live like Jesus, not just learn what the Bible teaches. So there are, I think, three missional communities that are kind of like in the process of being formed currently, one in our home in Rainham, one in the Williams home in Foxborough, and one here in Easton. I talked a little bit about... Um, that's in homes, but also in the community center. Uh, so if this is something that, you can go to the next slide to wrap us up. If this is something that like scratches an itch for you, and you say, I would like to be part of that. I don't know if I could facilitate a group. My home might be too small, but like, I want that. Then just come talk to Danny. Come talk to us, and we'll just talk about it. What we're going to tell you to do is to pray and see which people God puts on your heart, and then just go to them. Be like, the Spirit put you on my heart. Should we do community together this year? And commit for the year. Just commit to each other and see what happens. 
Um, if you're not available, if you're not up for it, if you're not sure what this whole thing is about, I kind of like wait a little bit. Some people are going to wait to see how this thing goes. Then I hope that you'll be able to observe over this year as these groups grow that they're alive and that they're really living out faith in a powerful way. Then maybe as these groups segue, maybe even multiply into more groups or different groups next year, maybe then you'll find that that's the time God's calling you. But all are invited. If we only have two or three groups, great. If we have seven or eight, awesome. Um, but we know that this is the direction we're supposed to explore. So we are. So that is about us finding our people and us finding purpose and us wanting to help you do it. We are not planning on telling anybody how, but we want to be alongside you to help you figure out how as it goes. So take this handout home. Give it some more thought. There's a million and one books and resources we could pass on to you for any of you interested in reading more, possibly facilitating a group or hosting one uh, or just attending. So there's plenty more where that came from. But there's your taste, and I'll stop with that.